0: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Craft of the Draft podcast. A pretty big, big week of representative football, and that's what this episode is all about. And as usual, I'm one of your co-hosts, Nathan Seppi, as usual, joined by my other co-host, Jonty Rell-Smith. Jonte, what was your week of football like? A lot to get through?
1: Yeah, a lot to get through. The girls, obviously, the Vic Metro and the Vic Country trials was fun to watch. Good to see who was able to stand up there. There was the under-16s Vic Metro versus Vic Country game. Vic Country getting it done late with the comeback. And then the Sandy Oakley game on Monday was also fun. We also saw Vic Metro and the Allies. We saw the strength of them against some interstate teams. So plenty to talk about and plenty of players who showed their capabilities.
0: Well, for sure. It's a big episode. We're going to get through quite a lot today. Um, I guess we'll go start with the tipping as usual, but there's only one game. We both tip Sandy to win, so it stays the same. Jonty's up by three in that tipping, but that's the other way. And then, yeah, we'll, we'll start with the Metro and Country trails. So unlike the boys, this was Metro v. Metro and Country v. Country. Yeah. Um, so we'll start with Metro, John T. And it was some of the Western and Sandy girls that actually stood out. And we know they haven't been part of a lot of wins this year in their respective clubs, but this is where they stood out. So tell me a bit more about those girls. You know, Sophie Mackay, Greaves, why, what happened in that game and why were they so effective?
1: Yeah, I think you nailed it. Um, it was it was probably those three as much as anyone else, and then there were others that had that had glimpses that we'll talk about. But um, in terms of in terms of those three, it was good to see them stand up and, and do it against the better opposition. They've obviously been up against it all year with their teams, you know, not being able to get the results they would like. Sophie McCarthy thought she was just really good. Her ability to work contest to contest was really impressive and, and she got plenty of the ball as well. She's a bottom major who's developed quickly from what I've seen and, and heard this season. She's obviously a Carlton father than daughter prospect so she was probably the most impressive from a sandringham perspective and got plenty of time in the midfield as did kira wiley and sierra greaves we know they've both been the shining lights for western in what has been a difficult season they're yet to have a win under hayley Gosso, unfortunately but yeah kira wiley is another one just a really hard-working two-way midfielder and yeah just got plenty of the footy as well she she attracts it when she's at western as as does sierra greaves probably to a greater extent and and her tank was was also on show her her stoppage craft and ability to feed to the runners but also get out into space was some of the traits that that we saw on show and i I would expect that we we might see them playing some more representative footy down the track
0: and then we'll talk about country as well who were the standouts from the country girls on the day
1: uh, from the country point of view, I thought Ali Simons. She she continues to impress as a as a bottom aged ruck. She's she's obviously she's she she only debuted I think round two or round three of this season. But no matter who she comes up against, she's always seemingly coming out on top. So her Jess Wrench sat out the last quarter, as did a few of the other players with the AFLW Academy game coming up this week, which we will get to. Um, but when she was on, she had some moments of class. We know how good she's been for the Rebels. Lila Keck was really lively in the in the forward half, particularly in the last quarter for her team, um, for country. Sarah Howley, um, we, we've talked about a couple of other girls work great in Metro. Sarah Howley is probably better than anyone in the talent league and we've seen that week on week and she continues to rack it up and, and I was also a fan of Meg Robertson's game she's carried that really strong form from Dandenong over to the the Vic country girls I, I suppose some some other Metro players though to, to touch on Gemma Rigoni I, I really thought she showed a bit of speed Sarah Powski, um played as well as I've seen her play for the season thought she had a pretty consistent effort and took a really courageous mark which typified her hunger throughout the day and Kaylee Cavanaugh was another one through the midfield who who showed that she's able to match it with the best and probably has those AFLW attributes.
0: Well, sure. While well, we're waiting on those lists, so once we get the confirmed and finalised lists, we'll um, definitely be chatting about them in this, in the next podcast most likely. I reckon they'll be out by then. Uh, Figures crossed. but you know it's good to good to finally see some representative footy for the girls because that is actually that's really their first out this year I think yeah. so for the rep for rep teams at least so we'll wait further on that but their champs start at the start of July for Metro and I think the end of July for country so there's actually quite a long gap between when both teams start but now let's move to under 18 champs Vic Metro defeated SA 15-16 106 to 5-8 South Australia Mm. i text you and said this wasn't the most appealing game to watch but it was some great performances from the metro boys which made it very good to watch in that Mm. sense let's sort of list through a couple i I mean i'll I'll list one actually i thought that played well first was Vigo vicentini and he showed that form really well at the start of the season for sandy very mobile ruckman not you know, just doesn't, you know, gets up, taps it and struggles to move. He can move down really well. His kicking's really good. He can get inside the forward line and take some really strong marks. And I thought they did that really well. For Metro, quieted off a bit in the second half, but it was all around a really strong performance and just one that keeps his name ticking around and being shared around. Talk about Harvey uh, Jonti. I know you love his game. And there was a moment think in that second quarter that really stood out to you as especially that was just a very smart IQ play from Harvey Johnson.
1: Yeah, I'll we'll give him credit for the high high IQ moment where he he sort of backed off his direct opponent who was running back towards goal and his opponent thought he was right on his hammer, handballed through, thinking, you know, he's under pressure, he's not going to be pinged. But Johnston had, had sort of eased off him and then won the free kick for deliberate. He finished with two goals for the day and 16 disposals. So, yeah, it was a, it was a pretty good outing for him. It was pretty lively when he was around the footy. And, um, yeah, there were so many players from Metro that did impress. I mean, you mentioned Vigo Vizantini, I think. I mean, he's obviously a ruckman, but I think he finished with like a – Team low six touches, but it felt like a lot more than yeah, that. Um, yeah. So he obviously had his hit outs as well. I think he had finished with 12 hit outs. So it shows that everyone probably had their glimpses throughout the day. I was a massive fan of Caleb Windsor's game, and, and I thought yeah. as a whole their, their wingers played really well. Vic Metro, but yeah, Caleb Windsor in particular, his kicking was really direct and purposeful, going inside 50 generally, finished with 14 disposals. And then there was a host of bottom ages that, that really shone. We know the class of Levi Ashcroft. He's been talked about a lot. Josh Smiley, I thought, was best on ground, getting the opportunity to play in the midfield. Nick Watson, as as a top age, obviously kicked four goals. And, and Jordan Croft, it would have been great if he could have pieced it together for a yeah, few games. Yeah. him, absolutely tear apart that second quarter finished with three goals and ten disposals. Um, but, yeah, they were probably some of the stronger performances. And and I suppose from a defensive point of view, yeah. um, before before you go on maybe to a couple of others that impressed you, just worth highlighting Logan Morris, his first game really, a full game in defence, and, and I thought he really stood up and that ability to to read the ball in flight came to the fore. He, he finished with an equal team high six marks, and, and a few of those would have been, intercept so so that was that was a really good role that he played and Matt Carroll kept Jack Delean to one disposal up to three quarter time and we know Jack Delean's a really highly regarded South Australian product so yep. to to do that and he also had the balance where he went for some bursts and some runs and was able to set some things some things up offensively. So good game from from those two boys in defence I thought. But yeah who who were some others did you think played well?
0: No I agree with what you said with um Logan Morris. Very impressive And even Ashton Moore didn't really have much of an impact. I mean, S.A. didn't really have much of an impact as it was, but it didn't feel like one of their players got a hold of it. I mean, Josh Smiley was very impressive. His physicality around the contest was really strong and he got his hand and used the ball well, very effectively. was just making an impact every time he was around it. And I don't know, I don't know from your perspective, I don't really think he put a foot wrong. just set up the plays in the contest.
1: Yeah, certainly, and and the other player who who is probably worth worth a shout out is is Mahmud Taha, finished yeah. with the team high eight tackles, uh, and and had a bit of the footy. I think he also finished with eight inside fifties. So his pressure, we know he brings pressure and that um, inside bodywork and grunt to to what he does, and he's trying to improve his I suppose speed on the outside. But a late inclusion for an injured Charlie Harrop, and took his opportunity and and did what he could. I thought. Uh, to um, keep his spot for the next game. And and Will Brown also playing that first half, finished with an equal team high four clearances from 14 touches. Um, Yeah, he's going to be one that he's going to rise up draft boards, no doubt.
0: I think probably the last three to mention, all the Oakley boys,
1: Klein
0: and Brown, Will Lorenz, Nathan Flacktides, all impressive, all played their roles really well. Even Jagger Smith got into it in that second half. I thought he played his role really well. Obviously, he's a bottom major um will be very highly touted next year. But it was just a very strong performance from Metro in the end. Will be they'll probably be the team to beat along with the Allies, who again destroyed Western Australia in this one. 16-12, yeah. 108 to WA two 20 and WA kicked the first goal of the game. So pretty much from then on there it was all Allies. But Jonty, you caught a bit of this game who was who's impressive in that one. We talked about um Phoenix-Gothard kicking a pretty nice goal in on that one and just some all-round strong, consistent performances from some highly touted midfielders.
1: Yeah, well, we we know how good Riley Sanders and, and Colby McUrcher are. I think they finished with 40 and 39, respectively, and, and Colby McUrcher is probably the more damaging of the two. But, yeah, Riley Sanders also kicked a really impressive goal from, from 60, 65, just bursting out of clearance. So he's got that little bit of burst, and, and I thought what he did was was really impressive. And if you rack it up, you're going to you're going to be there or thereabouts. But, yeah, Colton the coach are probably best on from what I've seen and heard. Um, it's good to see Jack Callanan kick three second-quarter goals. Obviously, had a really quiet week. Last week, I think he finished with only four touches. But, yeah, as a small forward, you have to take your opportunities. And he certainly did that when they presented themselves in the second quarter. But you mentioned Phoenix Goddard. Yes, he finished with a really classy goal in the third quarter from the boundary line, um, probably goal of the day if it wasn't Riley Sanders' goal. And, yeah, just really lively. He's got that really impressive step through traffic. and and when he's got his hands on the ball, it always feels like he's not going to kick a goal and he's going to make the right decision and hit someone up inside fifty. So really good presence for them and and Sullivan, we know a lot about Phoenix's. Murray Bushranger's teammate was an absolute um was an absolute force down back with his with his marking and and what he was able to do, so he 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 you would expect will you know solidify his position as a first round
0: fancy. For sure,. Yeah. It interests me when you talk about Conor O'Sullivan as a backline player because he was just dominating up forward for Murray in those first couple of weeks. So yeah. great. Ver- it just shows great versatility that he can be put in both ends of the ground. I'll just sort of have a quick run through of the rest of sort of the national champions fixture. It's, more, it's Vic Country's turn now in a sense. They'll play SA on Sunday and then they play WA 12 days later before the next Vic Metro and Allies game, which is where those two meet. On the second of July, so a few Vic Country games now, and then on the ninth of July there's a double header between Vic Metro WA and Vic Country Allies, and then it finishes off with the Victorian derby in Country and Metro, which could be a grand final again if it all falls like it did last year, which was just by luck. But Allies yeah. are a tough team to beat, though. Yeah, so, well,
1: it's looking like the next game, the Metro, or the next Metro game, rather, is going to be the grand finals. But yeah, yeah, certainly the Vic Metro, Vic Country, and Vic Metro Allies games will be certainly high standard, I think.
0: And then we'll move now. So this was on a Saturday morning, Vic Country and Vic Metro. This is the under 16 national championships. This was the first game to kick it all off, and it was in Victoria, this one, which was good. And obviously the rest is in Queensland. Uh, this is sort yep. of a, this includes like Giants, Brisbane, Sydney Academies as well. Northern so Territory a, as well. Yeah. Yeah. So it's a little bit more the under-16s but the first game, yeah, big country, seemingly out of nowhere won this game. 10 8, 68 yep. to 8 17, 65 and the scoreline probably tells the story as to why they won it out of nowhere. Metro yep. just couldn't put them away really and country, yeah, like even so in the fourth quarter, it didn't really feel like they were mounting a comeback, like Metro were just staying there and they were keeping on top and yeah they with really bang, bang, bang. <laughs> yeah it just happened it was uh it was a great game to watch though um but I'm gonna I'll run through some names that I've sort of thought and we'll we'll sort of go back and forth but the first one for me was Giuseppe Posterino it was number four in the day for big country nice hairstyle with the uh yes, hair going yep. down the middle the um no he was fantastic yeah the dust yeah that was a that's an old style dusty <laughs> yeah. haircut yep. but um now he was fantastic. He was one of uh, what he was one of my favorites to watch. He was just really really good like pressure midfielder but he would all, he'd also go forward and make an impact. He had great energy around the ball, was making smart decisions with the ball and it was unselfish at times especially in the forward line when there was so he did take a couple marks in the pocket so you know not easy kicks but he would give it off and he was really fantastic and another one for me Noah Hibbins Hargreaves Bit of x-factor about him just creates some moments when he's not even when he's not able to make a full impact he'll still get something out of it just smart around the footy so those were two for me and then the one that especially the coaches regarded pretty highly Willem Dersma this is the third one in line so we've obviously we've got Zane this year Xavier already for Port Adelaide Willem is the next one and
1: let's not forget on the female side, we've got Yasmin Dersmer as well yep. for the AFLW. But yeah.
0: Um, yeah, he was in the back line and he was very, like, oh, I think you told me he played a lot of his locals up forward. So
1: a yeah, bit of a switch mid.
0: for him. But yep. uh, the coaching staff do back him behind the ball. And he was pretty effective with him, with with his play. It wasn't. I don't think he really made any mistakes at all. Just nice kicking action. Like, it was nice exit kicks. He was sort of that second option to get the ball out. And he was really strong. And then another threaded will list off that um, coaches were pretty happy with on that day, Archie Taylor lifted in the last quarter. It was a bit of a barometer to move yeah. that team forward and get them over the line. Uh, Sean Watson, they moved him from the forward line into the middle. In the last quarter, he provided a lot of spark and energy with the inside 50 entries. And then Harry Lawford kicked the winning goal. I think it was about a minute and a half left. Mm. Pretty a good goal, 40 metres out, directly in front, which it seems easy, but under that pressure, it can, you know, usually doesn't go too right. But he put it right through the middle. So those were some impressive players for country. And it's so early in their development journey. So it's still a lot to watch out for. But those were some players that definitely impressed. Yeah. with And a lot of pressure on that game. You know, that's the first time these kids are really being watched heavily. So those are some impressive performances. And then with Metro, Tom McGowan, son of Mick McGowan, Collingwood legend. So, Johnty you'll be very pleased that yeah. he was performing well. Yep. Tell me a little bit more about his game and what was impressive about him.
1: Yeah, I thought he I think he kicked the did he kick the first goal of the game, I think, from memory yeah. and he, he yeah. also yeah, he was it was also really clean. Obviously, like you say, it's a high pressure game, so those fundamentals can be the sort of things that, that can really separate you from the rest when there is that sort of nervous energy. But um I think you you've sort of noted it quite well. Like his his understanding of the game sort of around the contest and also his role when he was inside fifty was was really impressive. I also really liked Tom Burton, his Western Jets teammate I thought those two both showed some really impressive moments no one really necessarily tore the game apart for either team but there are a lot of players that showed moments I thought those two were were certainly those players Tom Burton playing on the wing he was able to get back and and help his defense and, and clear from defense and and sort of break the lines a little bit when he was inside when he was able to to get it from defense he was able to then link up in the chain further up and, and get some possessions further up the ground. I think we saw him get a big hit late in the game, so hopefully it wasn't too serious from from his perspective. But, yeah, I think they were they were two of the players that caught my attention, I suppose, just to go back to Vic Country, Tyron Armour's uh, ability overhead. I think he took four or five yeah. contested marks. Um, a couple of those were intercept marks. One of those was a big one inside 50, but just uses his size really well. He's a Dandenong Stingrays and Listerfield boy, so... Yeah, that probably rounds out the three that impressed me. But there are obviously some others from a from a Vic Metro, Vic Country, uh, Vic Metro point of view, rather.
0: Yeah, no, for sure. I, there, there's one I want to mention, um, Cooper Duff titler It was yeah. very impressive ruckman. He was his ruck craft was already de- has already developed really well, um, considering he's got so so long in his development journey left. But he was one of the best on for the coaches on the day, uh, just really, really classy Ruckman, but he's also very athletic, got the background that that says that he he's playing, very sure he's playing for Australia under 17, and he's definitely rep, repping at um, Vic level. So he's a very yep. good basketballer at state and most likely national level. So he'll be one that's interesting to watch in terms of that, making that decision. And if he does make it to the AFL eventually, I'm sure he'll get the Scott Pendlebury treatment. That he was a yep. very good basketballer when he uh, when he was younger. So he was really good. Uh, and then just two others, uh, two Sandy boys that were very impressive. Archie oh sorry, just this isn't Sandy Boy, Xavier Bammer inside midfielder. Just he was pretty strong for his like for his age. He was yeah, one well, of the bigger well, bodies.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um yeah, just really good decision maker. He was the leading disposal winner on the day. Just made good decisions, was it got up forward as well and made an impact. He was really good. And then a, a really good forward on the day, Archie luda Uh Tall, great forward, quite great for, forward craft and was kicking some goals on the day, so he was just one to keep an eye on. So that that wraps up the under-16s game. Yep. We'll now move to the only talent league game of the week, um, which we were at, uh, Sandy Oakley, the local yep. rivalry. 10-14-74, Sandy 9-10-64, Oakley wasn't one of the most terrific games you'll ever watch a talent league footy, but it was close and it, you know, it just kept you interested the whole time. Uh, it wasn't as Oakley probably should have, I, w- I wouldn't say probably should have won, but they did have that lead in the fourth quarter. It did feel like they had the ascendancy and then Sandy kicked, I think probably the last three in a row, four in yeah, a it's row. Yeah,
1: inter- it's, it's interesting to say that. I was probably more the other way. I just felt like Sandy were always going to come at some stage and that superior not experience, but that superior class with guys that were in big Metro trials or sort of there or thereabouts was going to stand up. And I suppose that ended up proving to happen. I think Murphy Reed really announced himself on the day. I think he was, it was sort of him versus Tom Gross. It was the battle of the bottom ages in the midfield. Um, Tom Gross um, had plenty of the ball. I think Murphy Reed finished with 26 disposals, eight tackles and a goal off the top of my head. And yeah, yeah, super clean, Um, his ability to get in and out of traffic and, sort of, hit, sort of, you know, changed lanes was, was really was what stood out and he sort of carried that over after some strong school footy for um, Caulfield Grammar and, and he's also been training with Vic Metro. So his progress over the last 12 months is said to be really stark and, and has him primed to, yeah, really continue to put his name forward after he did miss out on Vic Metro this time last year in the under-16s, which is hard to believe.
0: Yeah, well, I mean... Other other plays for me, Oli Barter for Oakley was uh, yep. I thought he was really impressive. It's probably I said he was better than Tom Gross on the day. And now I sort of look back at that statement and it I'd say they were very level. He was just yep. making very smart decisions with the football and he was moving forward, making a real impact. His tackle pressure was really strong. And and just his disposal efficiency was really good, I thought, for the most part of the day. Um, and then Will Elliott was probably the last one, like one of the other Oakley players that yep. definitely performed how he should be performing maintaining yep. consistency. He was taking good – I mean, I think a few were contested, but some were just uncontested, but they were strong leads. So it was just good yep. forward craft, and I he think, was converting.
1: I think that's as well as I've seen him play throughout the year, and I think that yep. sort of justified some of the hype that sort of existed around him, which is good. He's so now been back for a couple of months, so to <laughs> see him put forward a performance like that. You like to see and, – and I yep. suppose Cooper Lord, um, from a Sandy perspective, really impressive in the midfield. His two-way running is, is really impressive. And, yeah, sort of extracts really well. But when he gets it on the outside, he's um, kicking, you know, forward and, and inside 50 can be quite precise. So he was in the big Metro trials and, and a co-captain on the day with Billy McGee Gallimberti. Um, yeah, so, yeah, yeah uh, it was good to see him go well.
0: I'll probably I'll finish with Levi Young, the ruckman for Sandy. I thought he played some really good moments. He was laying some tackles and getting some free yeah. kicks. Like, he was very strong, like... um characteristic for ruckman to lay like you know holding the ball tackles i guess but he was doing them kicked a really nice goal sort of in a pretty tight angle in the uh, i think it was the second quarter and then there just just some good moments i thought he was building on he had a pretty good young gun series as well so i think he's just keeping his name out there for now so good performance from him so that was sandy oakley Um, We're not going to go through the ladder because it hasn't changed much. Um, But now the Vic Country squad announcement got released yesterday. Been waiting quite a while for this. This has been a longer wait for the Vic Country announcement than it was for the Metro. Um, So we're uh, going to go through three players each that we want to talk about and a bottom major to look out for. So I'll start. My first one, Tom Anastasopoulos from the Geelong Falcons. Very quick, speedy, agile, forward. A lot of pressure to his game makes an impact up forward, and he will run his opponent to the ground, and I'm very excited to see that. At rep level, my second player, Angus Hasty, also a Jalon Falcons boy, great intercept defender. His exit strategies are really strong. He's kicking, just opens the ground up, or he can go through the corridor and just get the speed going through the middle of the ground. And then Bendigo pioneers, boy Oscar Smart. We saw some very good glimpses from him in the last couple of weeks of Talent League footy for the first bunch of games, and he was very impressive at the Vic Country Metro Trials. A lot of grunt and aggression on his play, a good user by ball user by hands, and a great kick as well. And can move up forward again and make an impact. And then my 06 born player to watch, so the bottom major Archer Daywicks, another Bendigo. Player very crafty up forward, can, it's sort of a sneaky type of player that can get out sort of get out of the pack and kick a nice goal and move the ball forward with a bit of ease. So those are my players to watch in the Vic Country squad.
1: Yeah, from my point of view, I think it's no secret that um, probably my favourite player to watch in the Talent League or certainly up there is Cooper Simpson, the Dandenong Stingray's pro-captain, so yeah, really looking forward to seeing what he can do on the big stage, expect he'll get some midfield time and yeah, he's one whose cleanliness throughout his bottom age year and he's carried it into his top age year is what separates him, he runs both ways, he's got a lot of polish, so I think those fundamental skills that he's got will hold up really strongly on the big stage and he can go forward and hit the scoreboard as well Stingray's teammate Billy Wilson's rise this season has been really meteoric and has really impressed me off half back it's it's going to be a really packed half back line for Vic Country i don't know how they're going to fit six or seven that really deserve to play into into a, a lower number but yeah Billy Wilson's got that really good acceleration his ball use when he gets it is generally reasonable and and he's quite clean as well so yeah looking forward to seeing what he can do he he obviously performed in the young against the young guns in the Vic Country trials game so yeah, we know he can do it against some better players and and at that representative level. So I'm sure he'll translate that into the Country footy. And then a fellow halfback in Lamont will be interested to see if he can replicate his form from the G W V Rebels. Another one who's pretty pretty clean and is able to rack up the footy off half-back, provides a little bit of overlap for GWV. Um, so, yeah, those those would be my three, along with my bottom major, who would be Sammy Lawler, whose strength for someone his age, being a bottom major, playing against players a year older than him, is really impressive and his ability to to fend off and get out of traffic Has been really good to good to watch. I think his cleanliness as well, and things you want from a from a sort of midfielder, whether he gets that midfield time or not, is a different story. He's obviously a bottom major, but wherever he finds footy, if he is sort of in a contested situation, expect him to be able to accelerate out of that and do do some real X factor type things with the footy. So they're my four players, but yeah, geez, it's going to be some players from a halfback point of view that'll be unlucky to miss out when you think you've got. Angus Hasty, Joy Stevens, Oscar Ryan, Kobe James, and Kobe Ship as well as the two that I've mentioned who yeah, all sort of fit that position.
0: We never know we might see some positional changes and yeah, but can. we I mean there probably is a high chance we will, but yeah, no, like you said, it'll be a tough choice for the selectors for those games, but we'll probably see a rotation of a few as the uh, champs goes on. But our last talking point, We've got two more talking points. We've got the girls' tips at the end because there is Girls talent League this weekend. Um, But the second last talking point, a pretty big game this week uh, in terms of just the AFLW draft scene. AFLW Academy playing the under-23 All-Stars. So this is a repeat of last year where they did the same Um, thing. I think it was at Punt Road, that game. This one's at Marvel uh, before the North Melbourne Western Bulldogs game. So I want to name every player, every talent league player in each team, and then we're just going to give a couple of players we should watch out for in those teams. So from in the AFL Academy, Georgia Clark, Amy Gaylord, Lila Keck, Bianca Lynn, Alicia Pisano, Jess Wrench, Laura Stone, Jess Bookage, Christy Lee, Weston Turner, Kiera Wiley, Kira Wiley, Michaela Williamson, In the under 23 All-Stars. We've got Candace Belvin, Chloe Adams, Sophie Butterworth, Ava Campbell, Sarah Grundon, Lara Hausegger, Ava Jordan, Lily Jordan, not related, different teams, Tanisha Kikoak, Kaylee Cobzan, Bridie O'Rourke, Gemma Rigoni, Meg Robertson, Crystal Russell and Brooke Smith. Yep. You start, John T, you give me two players from each team you're excited to watch.
1: Two players from each team I'm excited to watch from a academy point of view I'm really looking forward to seeing what Jess Wrench does I think we've seen that she just looks a class above whenever she plays for the GWV Rebels no matter how many touches she racks up it looks like she's having 25 to 30 such as her impact on the game her cleanliness buys her time in traffic and she always disposes of it really effectively and then my second player from a Academy point of view would be Alicia Pisano. Hard to look past her with some of the bags that she's kicked in the first half of the season. She kicked six goals among that, I think, against the Northern Knights. And yeah, she generally takes her opportunities in front of goal. She's pretty accurate. And yeah, if she's not kicking them, she's generally setting them up. And she's so strong overhead and on a lead as well. So yeah, I don't think there's really many weaknesses to her game. And she's recovered really well from an ACL injury, which has kept her out up until this year for an extended period.
0: And then my two academy players to watch out for, Lala Keck, Bendigo Pioneers. I think this is a great opportunity for her to show her strengths among some very talented bodies. And I feel like Bendigo haven't had the strongest of seasons, so I think among some very talented players, she'll really showcase her ability in the midfield to burst out of stoppages, get it deep inside 50. And then the second player for me, Michaela Williamson, Danny Mm. on Stinray's product. Great along the wing, great ball use, really Really intense work rate that will definitely shine in this type of game. And great with her ball use as well. So those are my two to watch from the academy. From the under-23 All-Stars, Jonty, who are your two to watch?
1: Yeah, Ava Campbell was probably one that was unlucky when I talked about Metro before I didn't bring her up. Her rebounding off half-back is really impressive. And her long kick also clears the area really well. She's got a strong understanding of that role. So be curious to see if that stands up against some. higher-quality opponents and some older opponents as well. Um, she's obviously the Eastern, or the Eastern skipper. So, yeah, looking forward to seeing what she can do on the big stage. And then my second player would probably be Tanisha Kikowak, who's really impressed me when I've watched the Tassie Devils. She's an undersized ruck when she goes in there, but I expect she'll spend a bit of time in defence. So can she use her physicality, which she can against people her own age? Can she do that in in a game against players who are – you know, again, of high standard and, you know, probably going to be just as good as, as her, at, her at, you know, engaging in that physicality. Can she still take the upper hand and show her where's overhead, whether that's taking some intercept marks or through spoils? So, yeah, they would be my two players.
0: My two players, the first one, Sophie Butterworth from the Daniel Stinrae just a very strong power forward that can take some really good contested marks. And we sort of said... Probably the next step in her game is just like having a game where she really nails it. I feel like at times she probably lacks just that polish to really have an outstanding game. But if she can do it in this type of environment, it will really just help her build for the rest of the season and maintain that form into talent league. And then the second player to watch out for in the under-23s is Lara Hausegger from the Oakley Chargers, a great rebound defender. We know her kicking ability outside of defensive 50 is really good. Just a long and strong kick that is really needed in the girls' game sometimes to get the ball forward. So she's another one that I think definitely to watch out for. So that wraps up pretty much the whole content part of this podcast. So now we move to our tips, which I feel like we haven't done for a while, but it's only been two weeks. So now it is round 10 for the girls, only girls this week. Uh, Boys return next week. The first game, Northern Knights and Calder Cannons. This will be actually very interesting. I think it would be very close. Both teams in relatively similar form. Ooh. I think Calder need to have a really strong performance. They've, they they always start poorly but end the games really well. I think mm-hmm. if they strong if they start well, they'll win the game. So I will say Calder will win this. And I'll back the Northern Knights. And then double header on the Saturday, which I'll be at this one. Gippsland and Tasmania. I think we both sit on the same like idea that these teams are very sim- similarly li- very much the same. Can't say that yeah. word. It's actually very hard to pick this one because Tassie haven't been in the greatest of forms coming back from the break, but Gippy have just like they've come into form so well after this yeah. break. I'm gonna say Gippsland.
1: Yeah, as am I. Tassie are going to be missing, obviously. Tanesha Kikowak and Candice Balbin to the AFLW Academy versus the under-23 All-Stars. And yep. Gippsland have, yeah, got a lot of confidence now with some strong performances they've been able to put forward since the community break and some other girls have been able to play. So Gippsland by a couple of goals.
0: For sure. And then Oakley and Easton, if this wasn't for the under-23 Academy and Academy game, this would definitely be... Recruiters everywhere, this would be yep. the full on package. However, both teams do lose quite a few familiar names, so it does make it a very I don't actually know which way to go with this. Um that's you give your tip first, because I'm actually very unsure. Who do you do you think will win I'm, this one?
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna say Oakley will get it done by a goal flip of the coin, though, could go either way.
0: And just for content wise, I'll go eastern just to make it interesting. But I reckon,
1: they're, I reckon Oakley's bottom ages in particular, there's a few that yeah. are really exciting.
0: Uh, I I'd, I'd probably would lean more towards Oakley, but yeah, literally for content, I'm just going to go <laughs> East and, and make it interesting. And then the final game of the round, Western and Sandy at Williamstown. Now, if Sandy had lost last week, this game would have been for for the first win for either team, but now Sandy have a win under their belt, and I said this to you um, a couple of days ago, I, I don't Think Sandy will lose for a while. I think now that they've got the confidence, it'll actually be very difficult to beat. I just think they needed to get over the line once, and it would help them yep. to sort of propel their season. So I'm going to say Sandy, but look for Western. It's it's definitely an opportunity there.
1: Yeah, missing Kira Wiley for Western just might hurt them. She's obviously playing for the AFL W Academy, so yeah, I'll lean towards
0: Sandy as well to get two on the trot. And that, yeah, that wraps up the podcast. Uh, another big week next week, really, to dissect a few, another few rep games and then the talent league girls to go through. Um, as soon as we get the confirmed Vic Metro and Country Sides for the girls, we will, of course, analyse them like we did with the boys. So we're hoping to get those, hopefully, by next week and have a good chat about them. So until then, thank you for watching. Leave your feedback in the comments below, and we'll see you in the next episode.